0: Hey, it's good to be here with you this morning. We're, we're, uh, this is church, y'all, and uh, it's going to be good this morning. Um, it's already been great this morning. And so we've been in a series called Unshakables. It's been a tremendous series for us, and it's happened over the last six, seven weeks. Uh, we believe that this is an important message, not just for you individually, but for our church And so this message has been um, talking about the foundational truths of the word of God, and it's been tracking along with the purple book. And so some of you done the purple book. Who's done the purple book challenge in here? All right. So that's 10. We need 100. So. Purple books are available at the purple table. And what I want to encourage you about that is it should be tracking along with our series. It's uh, never too late to start. And so we're encouraging you to start through the purple book. And we believe that a foundation, a strong foundation is vital, is vital. In 2005, and you remember this moment when Hurricane Katrina hit. And for some of you, it was real because I know that I think Alex and his family lived in New Orleans at the time. And so Hurricane Katrina hit It um, devastated the city. It uh, caused a mass exodus. And um, of the deaths that happened, 1,245 deaths were attributed to the fact of defaulted levies, levies that gave out, levies that were underfunded and underbuilt. And so as a result, and whether whose fault was that, who knows, but we, we do know this, is that that these levees were supposed to be built better. And as a result, there would have been more life saved. And, and it's so true. When storms come, we need great levees in our life, don't we? We need great levees. And I'm going to tell you that And our encouragement through this series is that you wouldn't have an underfunded levee in your life. Because we don't want the enemy to come, steal, kill, and destroy. We don't want when the storms come of life, whether it's sickness, illness, whether it's uh, the, the fallen nature of earth and, and the sinful nature of earth, or it's the devil's schemes right directly towards you. We don't want your levy to give out. We, we are asking God for strength in the levees, And that doesn't happen through Sunday only. <clears throat> it happens through a process called discipleship. It happens through a process of calling, of, of growing with Jesus and making him Lord of all. It happens through grabbing a purple book and doing life with one another. It happens through all this stuff. And I'm excited because here in Luminous, you may or may not know, but we have a discipleship track. It lasts six months. It's not the, the, the beginning nor the end all, of everything, but it is part of the journey. And through that, you go through the purple book. You go through Freedom Weekend. You go through the Born to Be Free book. And, and you find the freedom of Christ. What does the freedom of Christ look like? And I want to invite Tiffany Chapman to come up. She's been walking with a couple of girls and really seen the freedom of Christ in a couple of ladies' lives. And I just want you to hear firsthand stories of how God can change and transform lives.
1: Hey, y'all. So a year ago, I went through the discipleship track myself. Even though I'd been in the church for years and years and years, I wanted to be a part of the discipleship track at Luminous. I wanted to see how Luminous discipled people. I went through the process, and man, it just changed me. We're never at a place where we don't need help from the Lord and freedom from the Lord, and it was amazing. So then, over this next past year, I took several of my friends through the same process, and in getting to know them and seeing their walk with the Lord, I began to see certain things about them that I'm like, God, I know you want to free them from that. I know you're going to free them from that. And then we just went through Freedom Weekend just is it two weeks ago now, and the change is remarkable. So I want to share a couple of those stories. One was a friend who almost every single week talked about the conflict she was having with her mother-in-law and just having real difficulty with that relationship. Post-Freedom Weekend, she's leading her mother-in-law through the Purple Book and discipling her. That's huge, right? It's huge. Another friend, been in the church. She was saved when she was five, right? Filled with the Holy Spirit, has loved Jesus and has this wealth of wisdom and understands who the Lord is. But something was holding her back from sharing that with the people around her. God would give her pictures and things to tell other people to encourage them, and she kept them to herself. Post-Freedom Weekend, she's starting a group where people get together to pray and to hear the voice of God, and she's sharing boldly the things that God's telling her to share. That's huge. Lastly, I have a friend who um, I had never seen anybody so held back by fear before. Loved the Lord like crazy, but was terrified to do what the Lord asked her to do. Beautiful voice, couldn't sing on a Sunday morning. Couldn't sing in front of me. Just friends, right? Couldn't pray out loud in front of a group, was terrified. Um, The week before Freedom Weekend, my friend was asked to pray in a small group. Would you lead in prayer? Would you just pray for this person? She froze, completely froze. Got up from her chair without saying a word, walked out the door out the building and sat in her car and waited till her husband came was that terrified to just pray out loud so post freedom weekend (laughs) last week I was told that when she was asked to pray she said I'm gonna do it and she said she just prayed with boldness and prayed what was on her heart and had confidence in who she was because she went through that process of freedom through the discipleship track she sings during worship now she's not held back from it so the great thing about the discipleship track is it helps you wherever you are in your relationship with the Lord just to keep growing. It builds a foundation, but you don't want to be an empty slab, right? You want to put structure on top of it. So as you go through the track, then you turn around and you take someone else through it. All three of my friends are now taking people through the discipleship track. And I have a new group of women in my neighborhood that I'm taking through because we always need to build on that structure.
0: It's awesome. Thank you so much. So that's, that's a little bit of why we do what we do is three ladies who are um, being robbed of their calling in Christ have found the freedom of Christ and are just starting to walk in that in a greater way. And so if you want to know why we do what we do is that's our prayer. That's Brandy and mine's prayer for you is that you wouldn't stay where you are. You wouldn't stay where you are. I want to talk about the mission of God, the unshakable mission of God this morning. And first off, the unshakable mission of God is the call to be, if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 says this in verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hire, with the hired servants and followed him. My, my first thing is this, is, is the call to be, that we are called to make disciples. We are called to first be a disciple, right? And, and you're first called to be a disciple. In order to make disciples, you have to be a disciple, don't you? You have to be a disciple. And, and the call of God on your life to be a disciple is irrevocable. When Jesus shows up to your boat, to your car, to your house, to your workplace, wherever you are, and Jesus showed up and he said, Hey, come follow me, Gabe. Come follow me, Trish. Come follow me. Come be a disciple. It's an irre- irrevocable call. Some of us like this call, and others of us don't like this call have you ever been asked to do something you don't like it like t- like this um, like different people who are called to do different things step out and in their in their gifts and abilities and you're like oh, i don't want to do it I, I, i'm not going to do it you know i'm not going to pray i'm not going to start a prayer ministry i'm not going to step out i'm not going to i'm not going to do that you just you feel paralyzed don't you you feel like you can't move but but guess what god's not going to give up on you Because once God calls you, his call is irrevocable. He's not giving up on you. And once Jesus shows up and he calls you out of the boat or out of the house, guess what? You got to go. You got to go. And it's tough following Jesus, isn't it? Because you see things that Jesus does and it freaks you out. You see Jesus deliver a demoniac and you're like, whoa, what was that? That dude was foaming from his mouth on the ground running around. That was weird. I'm out, Jesus. Right? You see Jesus healing the lame. You're like, whoa. What was that? Jesus making whips and driving people out of the temple? Like, you're crazy, Jesus. I don't know if I can follow you. Jesus says, drink my blood and eat my body. You're sick. <laughs> I'm out of here. And so as Jesus calls you, you may see some things that you just don't really like or make you uncomfortable. But his calling's irrevocable and you can't get out of it. It's like my brother my brother joined the military when we were 19 years old and 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 we were so excited like yes and then you know he did it on impulse you know like an emotion like was it a movie or was it you know a bad breakup or something like that I'm just joining the military and I remember when he joined the military some of us were freaked out some of us were excited and, and then about a week later he's like I don't want to go I don't want to do that and, and the military takes their time don't they Sometimes they take their time. Now I know we have some military people in here. Don't get offended, but sometimes they just slow moving on the paperwork. And so, so when they're a little slow moving, it was funny because my brother three months later got the call, "We're coming to pick you up." He's like, "Oh, dude, I don't, I don't want to go. Too bad." You signed the dotted line. The calling is irrevocable. You're going to press through, and we're going to pick you up, or you're going to jail. And we're like crying, "Oh my gosh, don't leave, man! I'm so sad. I'm so sad." You know, it's like that. When Jesus calls you out of the boat, he is irresistible. He is irresistible, and he's going to call you, and there's nothing you can do to escape that calling home. But how many of us want to? He, we want to. We're like, so I don't know. We have one foot in, one foot out. And we see this time and time again with, with Jesus as he calls the disciples, that, that this calling is irrevocable. And he promises to make you become all that he wants you to be. He promises to equip you for the work of the ministry. And he's going to teach you everything you need. He also, not only is it irrevocable, but it is a, a calling that it is, is together. It's not just individual. So he didn't just call one person out of the boat. He called a lot of people out of the boat. He calls us out of the boat. He calls y'all out of the boat. Everybody say y'all. Yeah. Y'all. He calls y'all out of the boat. He calls you together. He calls us to be together in community. He doesn't want just one person to step out of the boat. He didn't want you to step out of the boat alone, did he? Jesus never meant for you to walk this life alone. He never, he never called you alone or by yourself. He, he called all of us together. And I'm so thankful for that. That's why baby dedication matters, because we're called together. We're called to do this thing together. The, the, there's brothers and sisters. Uh, and look around. This is who you're called with, but you're called with the other churches in the city. And, and the, you're called with other cities and other nations. And all around the earth, you're called together. We are called together. And it is a divine calling. This calling is divine. And this calling is not a reckless abandonment. You know, you know, those people like you you get, you know, like presented the gospel and Jesus hits them. They're like, oh, yeah. And they're like the crazy Christian, you know, you met them. They're like the crazy radical ones, and they quit paying their bills and their mortgage, and, and they're just going around. and It's all faith, brother. It's all faith. Don't worry. God's going to provide. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Can you just, you know, bring a birthday present next time? It's all right. The Lord's going to provide it. <laughs> and, and the Lord does provide. But I want to tell you this. It's not, it's not reckless calling, and we look, see this in the Scripture. When Jesus calls his disciples and he, he calls them out, they, they, they left immediately. There's an immediacy to it, right? But in that immediacy, we find that God was providing for their father. Right, God didn't just leave their father there in the boat. No, he was there with the hired servants. He was taken care of. If God calls you, he hasn't called you to abandon your family. He's called you to steward them and take care of them. And then as you do that, start moving towards the mission that he's called you to, right? So God brings provision for the calling. He always brings provision. He's going to make a way. He's going to provide. That's what he does. But some of us just like the excuses to not be called, right? Some of us like that. Some of us like the excuses. Some of us want to move in these excuses. And so we make all sorts of excuses to keep from, from the call of God, don't we? We, we don't have enough time. Uh, we, we don't have enough money. Uh, we, we make all these excuses. Maybe, maybe we like our addiction. We, we like our habitual habits, we like to stay right there and, and, and just soak in them. They're, they're just fun. I, I like to scratch the itch. And some of us can't stop scratching the itch, you know, a mosquito bite or whatever it may be. And, and so we, we, it's hard for us to walk away from these addictions and, and realize that we're called to be. It was like when I was traveling on a mission trip and I went across the pond. Well, to go across the pond is about a six-hour trek. And I'll never forget when, when we're going on this journey, you know, the more I travel, the greasier my face becomes. I, anybody else? So it starts getting oily and greasy, and this pimple came up. You know, that, that pimple. And, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I got a pimple. You know, you can feel it like, before you see it. And, and so, so six hours on a plane, not many mirrors around. And, and so I just start messing with this pimple. And then it kind of became fun, and I was trying to, you know, pop it. This is gross. This is gross. Long time ago, pre-marriage, you know, like way long ago. I'm just messing with it, messing with it. I know y'all do it too at home. You know, y'all act like y'all never pick your nose or pop a pimple. I'm just messing with it, messing with it, messing with it, and eventually, like, like, I'm like, oh, I think I got it. I think I got it. I think it's gone. I'm, a, I'm alleviated. I'm, I'm going across the pond. I'm going to meet my future wife on this, on this mission trip. It's going to be awesome. I'm ready. I get out, man. There we are in the airport in London. I look in the mirror, and boom, bright red. I mean, it is humongous, huge. And, and then it starts scabbing over. And, and, you know, a good scab needs to be picked, too. And so it was just horrific. But the point is this is we do that with our addictions. We do that with our addictions. We do that with the things that we don't want to quit, all of our excuses to be a disciple. We start itching them and messing with them and going back to them, but, but it will never heal until you quit messing with it. You know, that pimple will never heal until I quit messing with it. In fact, that's the best treatment, to walk away from it, to leave it alone and step away from it. And I think for a lot of us, the excuses, we, we got to quit messing with them. We gotta walk away from them. We gotta start walking where Jesus has wanted us to walk and what he's called us to do and he's called us to deny. In Mark chapter eight, it says this, verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life We'll lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. But what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? You'll notice this in discipling somebody, meeting with a friend, talking about Jesus, having some God talks. Oftentimes you'll, you'll realize that somebody's on the fence Where they're having a hard time walking towards Jesus and and selling out towards him. And it feels like they keep going back to their old self, their old way. My friend Dylan was a lot like that. He would walk towards Jesus a little bit and then walk on this path. And then walk on this path and walk on that path. And eventually he just, like, I don't know where to go. His dad gave him the biggest wisdom, uh, word of wisdom that he ever had. He said, Dylan, there's two roads. Pick one. Life is that simple. There's two roads, pick one, sell out to it. Reminds me of the poem that we've all heard. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leafs no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That's what his father told him. Which road are you going to take? You have to decide. We reach this place of freezing. We reach this place where we're at the beginning of the two roads, and we decide, you know, instead of deciding and making a choice, I'm going to uh, pitch a tent right here and I'm going to just camp here. I'm going to hang out here and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in my sleeping bag and I'm going to cook and I'm going to hang out with just these friends right here. And, and and every once in a while you'll step out of that tent and you'll look at the roads and, and not today. I'm not going to go today. I'm going to just hang out in my tent. Then you go out and you you look again and you wonder if you're going to go that day but you decide you don't. And And I find that That repetitive nature is oftentimes what happens when we freeze. And when you freeze, it births only one thing, and that's apathy. An apathetic life. And I see this happen over and over again where the church as a whole moves into a posture of apathy because they decide they don't really want to move forward. They don't really want to choose either road. They are fine right where they are. But I'm telling you, God has called you. He has called you to go. In Matthew 28. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee in verse 16. To the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This calling, this this great commission as we call it, it has a lot of things that we are supposed to do on this road as we choose to walk and choose to go. First off, why should we go? We should go because the authority has been given to us, to you. You've been given authority. Have you ever seen somebody in authority who hasn't operated like they're in authority? That's called captivity. And so you have the authority. You, are, you are, have that. The authority for what? To go and make disciples. to to teach others about Jesus. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner of Jesus. That the people, uh, disciples are learners of Jesus and it's a lifelong journey to learn to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's a lifelong journey and there's ups and downs and hills and valleys, but it's a journey nonetheless, a journey that we should travel. The, the, The who, who, who do we make disciples of all nations, all people, until every tongue confesses Jesus is Lord. That one may not go untold who Jesus is. How are we to do it? Well, we're going to have baptisms here next week. And, and as people confess and profess the name of Jesus as Lord of their life and, and turn away from all known sin, then we baptize them. And then from there, we get to teach them all that Jesus commanded. We get to teach them about how, what Jesus said freedom looks like in Christ. What Jesus said about money and finances. What Jesus said how to treat your spouse and your friends. What, what Jesus said about how to live this and how to raise your kids. What Jesus said about all this. What Jesus said about the business decisions that you make each day. The, the, the degree program and, and how you live out life. All those things. That's what he has called you to do. And he's called you to remember. Remember that he is always with you. He's always with you. And that's so helpful if we forget that we think we're doing it alone again the more we think we're doing it alone then the more we stand in isolation and the further we isolate the further we get back into that tent we become apathetic and ineffective but this is what Jesus has called you to do, this is what he's commanded I've shared this story before but I love it, it's by Francis Chan Francis Chan is asking his daughter, hey, daughter, go clean your room. He walks by a day later and the room's not clean. So he goes to his daughter, he goes, hey, I asked you to clean your room. Will you clean your room, baby? She goes, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, I'll get right on it. Another day goes by and the room's not clean. A week goes by and the room's not clean. And finally Francis brings his daughter in and says, what's going on? I've asked you to clean your room. You know, Dad, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking what you said about cleaning a room. I've, I've been thinking about um, where the books are going to go and where the toys go. I've been thinking about how you and Mom showed me where all the cleaning supplies are. And I was thinking about the, the which cleaning supply was I going to use first. And I remember where the vacuum is because you showed me that and you showed me how to use it, but I just was waiting until the right time and the right hour to begin to operate that vacuum. And, and really, Dad, I just, I've been thinking about it a lot and, and I'm almost there. I'm almost going to do it. But the room is not clean. And I think that's oftentimes us as followers of Jesus where we sit there I know you, Jesus. I, I've been learning a lot. I, I've been reading. It's been really good. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been reading about making disciples, man. I, too, I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. I've been thinking about it. I've been doing a lot of people watching. I've been going to the same spot, watching just people, you know, just watching how they behave and they interact and all that stuff. And, and then I thought maybe there's one person, but then I didn't think so, you know. So now I'm thinking for another person, and I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. And no disciples are being made. People aren't hearing about Jesus. The call is to go make disciples. And in a city of 1.4 million where 900,000 aren't in church, in a county where 42% are agnostic, in a a county in a city like that, are we going to go? Are we going to make disciples? If you would stand with me this morning, I would love to pray for you before we leave. I want to pray for three different people groups, and so if we would posture ourselves in prayer, however that looks like for you, maybe it's closing your eyes or bowing your head. I want to pray for the first group, the group where you know you've never been called out of the boat by Jesus. You've never heard your name. You've you've never heard that calling, but today, Jesus is saying, you're mine, follow me. If that's you, I'm going to pray in just a moment that you would have the courage to answer that call, to be, to deny yourself and your sin and your past, realizing that Jesus has paid the price for you. I'm going to pray for that group. The second group I'm going to pray for are those who struggle with self-denial, those who constantly find themselves on two roads back and forth back and forth back and forth but never selling out to what Jesus has called you to for the third person who feels like they should go make a disciple I want to pray for you so if you're the first person who wants to step out of the boat and answer the call of Jesus on your life and make him Lord and Savior, I just want to ask that you would slip up your hand, no one look around. That's you, and you've just never heard Jesus call your name, but you're hearing it today, and you want to follow Jesus. Thank you so much. You may put your hand down. For the second person who's just struggled with self-denial, you're either in the apathetic camp or you're in this camp of just moving back and forth but struggling selling out if that's you would you slip up your hand i want to pray for you in just a moment you may put your hand down and for the third one who who really feels called to go make disciples but they haven't done that would you raise your hand you may put your hand down jesus i thank you for your church Think for luminous today god such a great day of celebration with kids and life god it's been awesome and jesus for those who have um, stepped out of the boat today and hearing your name i pray jesus that they would repent and turn away from the old selves and confess you as lord in christ with their mouth that's what it means to be saved full trust in jesus God, for those who are struggling with self-denial, those who are maybe in a camp of apathy, I pray, Father, that you would affirm and reaffirm your love for them, your grace for them, and, God, that you would bring a self-awareness about that they could not escape from this week. Jesus, bring that about that they could walk in a way where they deny themselves. Father, those who have been called to make disciples which we all have but those who are ready those who have not yet done so but feel compelled to do so today i pray holy spirit you would compel them and write a name on their mind highlight a face that they would know exactly who they need to pray for and have a conversation with right after the service lord we just seal these things We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.